You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 263rd episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in lovely Orlando, Florida. This is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts. You guys, it's another grand tour. They just don't stop. It's another grand tour and I am so happy to be here with you guys. I'm what? stoked. Really? It started? I was in the woods, you guys. Did it start? Okay. Okay. Yeah. We're gonna get okay. We can't get away from it. I was camping all weekend. We're gonna talk some Volta. And then we've got, you know, mountain bike world championships coming up next weekend. We've got uh obviously a talk of Kittle. We've got some great women's racing that has happened over the weekend on both continents. We have a wonderful new announcement in the Prem lap that can't wait to get to. Lots of cool things, but the Volta is on the top of my mind. Spencer, yeah. you and I are the, the experts here because little guy was in the woods collecting in ticks. The- and <laughs> And yeah. Spencer, I Good would collection. have started with the team time trial, but I think you know where I'm going to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we still need to start with the team time trial because. Oh my God. I'm on the edge of my seat for so is, much. This okay, is I'll wait. Where, okay, I'm patient. This is where the Vuelta itself Nairo, started. Naira Quintana won a stage today. It was so great. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Okay, okay let's right. get back to the team time trial. All right. The Vuelta España started off with a team time trial, which is historically the worst way you can start a grand mm-hmm. tour if i still had the slow ride podcast soundboard it would be wah, wah. yeah it's uh you know when they put that out in the calendar it's just one of those days you schedule like well i guess i'm going for a long ride that day don't have to worry about missing the coverage but boy in the way that volta does volta <laughs> managed to make uh, a lot of excitement out of something that really should have been pretty mundane Yes. Where should we start, Spencer, in describing to Little Guy why the team time trial was amazing? I would like to start with just the course that went over roadways that just appeared out of nowhere to have water on them. Yeah. So uh, this is a big story because two, at least two teams that we know about wiped out on the same corner because the corner was wet. Uh, And when they had not, when they had done their pre-rides in the morning, it had been dry. Um, Yeah. It and looked a little like Miami we, Beach, like the water was coming up through the ground we, uh, because of global warming. <laughs> well, no, we've we've done some research on this, Tim, uh, and I don't know if you've traced this, uh, this all the way back to the source, but it has been uh, CSI CSI back to the source of the water, and what's the water? It, uh, it adds to legend of the Vuelta. Okay, this mysterious water can be traced. 500 meters up a small rise up the side street that the Volta crossed to someone's front yard where their <laughs> children were playing in a kiddie pool. Are you serious? And the kiddie pool oh sprung God. a leak and was yeah. just gushing water out of the side, which then ran down the gutter and across the course of the Volta, which oh happened gosh. to be just around a hard corner. So these guys came through it 
35 miles an hour on their and this, 21 this is, mil tires and uh it didn't go well and not just two teams like random teams like the bh the burgos bh team right in their lovely purple kits it was the uh yellow lotto little guy yeah i knew and they the, the entire team. uae the entire oh. team yeah, yeah. The oh, entire Yellow Lotto team went down, and then UAE all went down, including uh, that 20, 20 year old Pogacar. Pogacar. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so the, that was uh, awesome. The, the 40 <laughs> seconds that uh, Primo's Roglic is down on GC now uh, is well, all due to. Uh, we're not talking about stage one yet. But well, yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. So Roglic I, went down 40 seconds after this little guy. And then. Yeah. That's not even the best part. Nah, the best part was even. that the like the best part was the Escatel team doing their like recon of the stage, not even their like following the team. The green and guys? The green guys okay. and the car yeah. totally missed the turn and just went straight into the <laughs> barriers. Like both airbags went off into Holy the side s- of a building. Whoa, are they if the okay? Building was wearing, if the building was wearing high-vis, it would have been okay. Yeah, it should have had a helmet on. But um, yeah, it was like a, coming down at like a blind left-hand turn, and the guy must have, the driver, oh uh, must have been looking at something, or he wasn't getting the rally race notes correctly from his co-pilot. Yeah. And he just went straight when the road went left. Yeah, he wow. was rugged. Um, I guess they should have canceled the camping trip and stayed home and watched the okay. team time trial. So, so, little guy, that was awesome, but not done yet. Wait, are they okay? We keep saying how awesome it is. Well, they got out of the car. Crash. Okay, yeah, all right, that's fine. Yeah, all they, I wanted to do. Okay. Uh, no one retired. No one retired. No fans on the side of the road yet. So I was okay. more worried about the fans. So, little guy, let's get to the next part. Then, quick step. Oh, no. Throw no, no, wait. There was, there was a casualty to this car crash, actually. All the uh, oh, yeah. all the Orbeas on the roof of the car. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh gosh. <laughs> ejected uh oh, into man. the building. So they, their That's team gotta suck. their team lost a couple of bikes and an entire team car that day. Now here's do you think that team Someone's has to buy trouble. their Orbeas, Spencer? They might uh, be small enough that they have to like buy. I think they might be at least getting them. Yeah, they might, they might be know. shelling they're, over for them. A Spanish team that made it into the Volta, I think, is going to get free Orbeas. I think if there's one thing in the world, one truism that's in the world, yeah, that's that's it. Like, okay, get them at landed know. cost. So, the guy gets out of the car, his airbag's gone, and he's still like trying to. He like grabs his um his accessory bag, so he had his computer with him. Like like it was kind of weird. Okay. So there's that crash, little guy. Yeah, <laughs> then stuff in that bag. Quick step is throwing down. Fabian Jakobsen, they're just up there crushing it. Right, you're like, oh man, Quick Step might win the stage. Can nope. do it. What so else they, is new? Just crushing it today. Gilbert tweets about it. A superb effort by the team today, but in the end, we just missed out on the wind and the red jersey because the Jumbo Visma car was still standing in our way. Such a shame. Yeah. The, the yellow lotto car decided to go in the middle of their group when they came around the corner. It was awesome. Why was their car? It was down it, the, the yellow lotto car was parked trying to service one of their riders. And oh, okay, okay. These guys came around the corner at Mach five and like all of a sudden had to avert around it and like messed up their whole rotation. They almost all died. Um, wow. And, this, uh, a lo- this is just a local Minnesota race, right? We're talking about. Yeah. We're going to talk yeah. about the Volta later, right? Basically, <laughs> it had the. Uh, although we could never fill out a whole team time trial for anyone. No, team. <laughs> no. Um, 
But uh, yeah, it had that feeling. It had that wow. uh, logistical feeling. So but, they so, got slowed down by more than two seconds because of this. Yeah, Quick Step ends up uh, finishing uh, second on the podium at the end of the day, down two seconds to Astana. So Astana, and then yeah. Astana is like, oh, let's put Ang- Angel oh. o- Lopez across the finish line first so that he has to wear the red jersey into stage two. You know, ironically, Where, I just thought of, Tim, uh, sorry to interrupt, but uh, Jill Bear had that angry tweet about it. Yeah. He was the first one across the line for quick step. He would have been uh, in the red jersey. He, he would have been in the red jersey. jersey. It's a little guy. Then yeah. stage two comes. <laughs> I know. I know the result, but yes, I know how good classic. Happy you are. Yes. Classic. Tell me about it. Cl- well, yeah, I already spoiled it. But classic yeah. just breakaway goes for a while. And then all of a sudden, this group of like eh, 20 or so riders kind of after they catch him with a counterattack and it's the who's who mostly primos roglic is the one that drives this break to get away remember he went down 40 seconds to mm-hmm. uh lopez mm-hmm. he gets 37 seconds back on stage two it was awesome and nice. so he's up there with nicholas roach roglic Uran, fabio rue and then nieve and uh nieve totally overcooks a corner Swings out, almost goes down, somehow keeps it up. Pretty intense. Check out the slow ride pod for the official gif of this uh, of this <laughs> sweet handling skill. Okay, okay, official. And Nairo attacks with like two and a half k. Like just look, it puts in the thing, and it's kind of a downhill sprint finish. It's weird. I don't, dude. I don't he put a bat out of hell, and I got guys when I saw that, and he wins another stage. That's two Grand Tour stage wins for yeah. a two-time Grand Tour winner right like first ballot slow ride podcast hall of famer especially Uh, after seeing today's stage win like it was it was amazing so tim i want to know this i saw a picture of nairo coming across the line i think he was smiling what's up with that so what happened this is what i have in my i don't think i've ever seen a smile before this is what i have in my notes maybe it wasn't nairo's fault all along those were in my notes because i'm starting to think that Maybe Landa was the problem at the tour, thinking that it was going to be his team, and he has horrible choice of teams. Yeah, we know Valverde that. seems pretty content. Valverde was the consummate teammate because Valverde was. was the one that launched the initial attacks that Roglic countered and Nairo went with, and then Valverde kind of just sat on. So Valverde's not chasing after his teammate, and we saw him attack Landa. Mm-hmm. So I think Nairo's. I think they're actually leaving on pretty good terms, and they're just maybe like, you know what? You're never going to win the Grand Tour, the Tour, which is what we want. Maybe we got to look for someone younger, like a Moss or something. But you know what, Nairo? You're a, you're a first ballot Hall of Famer. We appreciate everything you've done. Why don't you go to this nice French team? We'll see you in the Tour. We'll hand you some water bottles. Oh, that's nice. Great. That's nice. You built a whole story up around this. Oh, little guy. He looked good. And you know what the best part was? No, he, he didn't really celebrate good. when he came across the line. He waited for like a good five pedal strokes after the line because he was going for as much time as he could because it's between yeah. him and Roglic for the win. Yeah. Guaranteed for the Vuelta right now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. There's, there's still a lot of guys. It's only the second stage, Jimmy. It's not, it's not good. <laughs> little guy, little guy. Come on. Let's not put the Nairo ahead of. Okay, the Okay, you go back somewhere. to your woods. I'll tell you what happened, but I'll tell you who else looked good today. <laughs> Fabio Aru looked decent. Roberto yeah. Uran looked decent. Yeah. Um, Pogacar looked pretty yeah. good after the crash. Roglic looked very impressive coming back from that crash. They said on the commentary, Robbie McEwen and Matthew Keenan were saying that he was struggling to walk in the hotel. Mm-hmm. That you know, like maybe he was maybe it was an act. I don't know, but oh man, this is 
The act. only thing that would make this Volta better if it was one week shorter. Uh, <laughs> you had to throw that in already. I'm glad it's as long as it is, so this way I can still go camping, miss a little bit, and still have basically three weeks to watch more yeah. Volta. So. Well, your, so, ti- your timing can be blamed because, you know, looking at it on paper, uh, first no. road stage in a time in a team time trial uh, yeah. seemed like a safe bet. But uh, Seem, Seemed yeah, like a safe it, bet, but no, obviously. Speaking, a lot of fireworks. Crazy. Speaking of bets, I think we need to do a little check-in, guys, over at Roller Derby. Uh-oh. We have talked about Roller Derby since the start of the podcast five years ago, and it's back. You know, it's kind of, it went on sabbatical, yeah. and it's back, and little guy, you're back. We're all back. So let's talk a little bit about Everything the Volta and, and our what's cool on here. Okay. A couple of um, props. Definitely the favorite of the prop, according to the wisdom of the crowds, with lots of points on it, is Primo Roglic for the win Man, at 5-2 to two, okay. with Miguel Angel Lopez at 6-1. to one, And then another at 9-1 to one with Nairo at 14-1. to one. So huh. a lot of uh, variety here. TJ Van Garderen comes in at 80-1. to one. Thanks, Luke the godfather <laughs> of roller derby for including him in there just yeah. for us. So little guy, who do you think is going to like, who did you put money on for the Vuelta for winning? Kelderman, Kelderman, Kelderman. Those odds yeah. were too sweet to pass up my friend. 65 one. And Spencer, who did you go with? I went, I went with uh Angel Lopez at six to one. I think the odds look pretty good. So I, I put two fifty on them. So, yeah. I mean, as you know, if you listen to the uh, Let It Ride podcast that we put out occasionally about roller derby, um, I like to spread the love around a little bit. And mm-hmm. I uh, today, uh, looking at this Volta betting is no different. But if you ask me who I went heaviest on for the Volta, I went the heaviest on Esteban Chavez. Oh, wow. Okay. Ooh. What were the and odds on him? That must have been good. At 12 to 1. Not bad. No, not bad. Not bad. Um. I went heavy on him. I went a little heavy on Kreiswick and other as well. So don't know if any of those are going to pay out for me, but, uh, you know. Now, th- there are a couple of other great props in here, Spencer, that I'd be interested yeah. in just kind of some of the yes or no's that you've got. We don't need to get into, like, what the finishing odds are. And as a little guy, I would like for you to chime in as well. So mm-hmm. let me, uh, let me, will second place finish within a minute of the leader at the Volta? Yes or no? I say no. Yes, I I also am with no. I just think that it's uh, we, we've been a little selfish, a little we've been a little lucky in how awesome the uh, Grand Tours have been lately. I think we're mm. going to go to like a three minute victory. There's a really long time trial in this one. Um, little guy, you started off. Will a fan cause a rider to put a foot down or crash at the Vuelta Spania? Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. <laughs> Spencer, what about you? Yeah, as much as I want to say no, we've got it all out of our system. I kind of think uh, the crowds on some of these mountains are pretty yeah. wild. So they're crazy. I think absolutely a hundred percent it's going to happen. I think the problem is going to be that there won't be a camera for it because this thing can happen at any moment at the yeah. Volta. It's like a Minnesota race, like you said earlier, with these cars out there. Okay, um, two more to discuss. Will Mark Cavendish win a stage at the Volta? No. Yeah. No, no, no. I, yeah, I don't. I can't see I, that. I, I don't think I don't he's see going it to. Although, but, I, if I remember right, I think I played the odds and and just put yes uh, on this one. But uh, I don't think yeah. it's going to happen. Now, friend of the podcast, member of the wide angle podium, Mitch Docker has a Mitch Docker specific <laughs> prop on um, here, and he responded to us on Twitter. This is this is great. 
it may be a little too Pete Rose-esque now because now he's <laughs> is he betting on himself? We don't know with fantasy internet points. So the prop, the prop as written by Luke is, what will be Mitch Docker's best finish at the Vuelta a España? Two to one odds, 20th or better. Three to one odds, 61st or worse. Somewhere between 41st and 60 or 21 and 40th. And the reason this is important is that little guy, I went back on all Mitch Docker's Grand Tour like results. Yeah. Okay. He's only finished above 50th place, I think, like once. In Grand like it's not. Yeah. He's he's doing the consummate team teammate team yeah, leader yeah. thing here. He's out yeah. there doing the work. That's now Mitch role. Docker did tweet and say, "Boys, I can peg off a few top 20s for you." <laughs> on the tweet, I will say if you look at the way the odds were played out. <laughs> <laughs> and like, because the best part about roller derby is you can see how over time the, the history, odds change. Yeah. The longest odds were ten to one that that Mitch would be nowhere. Like this was the longest odds, first to twentieth place. He left that tweet, and like Elon Musk announcing a buyout of Tesla at four twenty mm-hmm. <laughs> on the stock price. That price just shot way up. Mitch totally messed up the betting markets by claiming this. Yeah. And now it's two to one favorite that he's gonna get it. It's brilliant. Oh, yeah, it's total insider trading. Yeah. This is I I don't know. This is this is uh Aussie corner material for us right now. Like um I think there is more at work here. I think maybe he knows uh something we don't know. I think maybe the continent of Australia knows something <laughs> that uh we don't know. And um you know, he's doing it for the I, oceanic uh, you know, district. I do wanna ask Mitch about it. Um, sometime when we get him on the pod is like, I know we, we've done some really low brown, like regional racing, but like, I've definitely sat up like, ah, you know, I'm going to sit up and just get like 25th out of like 50 here. Like I I could go a little bit faster if I wanted. Is that like what, like Mitch is just always going for the next day? Cause his job is to shepherd the riders through and he just doesn't want to roll the dice and get up there. Or is it ridiculously fast? And like for him to get a top 20, it's like, Balls the walls. There's the rest of the Vuelta. Like, like there's a chance the next day is going to be the hardest day of his life if he goes for like even a 19th place. Like, I'm curious as to really what the top placings are in a race. Like, how hard do you have to be to be in that top 50? So, I mean, so the real question, if you get to it, is how far down the list do you have to go before you get to the first person who didn't care? Yes, that that's that's what I'm curious about. Like, yeah. Like is it twentieth place? I don't know. I that's a that's something that we're gonna have to figure out. But anyway, guys, good, the Volta is off to a rambunctious, wild start. I couldn't be happier. I am stoked. Yeah, this yeah. is the best Grand Tour, Timmy. Three weeks of pure bliss. It is pure bliss. But let's get into uh, something else. Let's talk about the Colorado Classic, America's uh-huh. own four stage women's pro race. And um, takes place in Colorado. It takes place in a lot of the big cities in Colorado of riding, right? Like you've got Denver, you've got a Golden, Colorado, and we also had basically Chloe Chloe Digart Owen just dominate the racing all the way through. She won every jersey. Wow. She won in Steamboat. She won in Avon, and she won in Golden. All of those stages, pretty awesome. Major shout out to friend of the podcast, Abby Mickey, for her 61st place on stage three. I like to think that Abby was like, hey, I'm not going to get 16th, but boys, Mm -hmm. this is for you with a 61st place. It was was a nice little Easter egg there for the Slow Ride podcast uh, faithful. 
I mean, what an impressive performance of Chloe Dygert Owen. Um, and I kind of forgot, guys, that she totally cleaned up at the uh, 2015 World Championships when we were in uh, oh, yeah. Richmond. Like, I totally yeah. forgot that she won both the ITT and the juniors and the road race juniors, yeah, both over Emma White. And then that same year, she won the TT and road race at the national championships as well. So it's not like she's not a good pedigree and a good racer. No, Spencer, this, this is not a nowhere. No. What has she been doing for the last few years? Because, it, it, you know, I'm not seeing these results that she just dominated. So is there something I'm missing? College? Like, what's what's up? That's a very good question that I don't have an answer <laughs> for, Tim. Um, I, I think she was injured last year, wasn't she? Okay, because she, she cleaned up at Joey Martin. I see that, right? And then she also did good at Tour de Gila earlier this year. So maybe it is an injury. We'd love to have uh, Abby back on to kind of learn a little bit more and where we're uh, failing here in our reporting. But absolutely wonderful to see yeah. her crush I- it. I don't think she's gone anywhere. Looking back through these results, uh, she's been right up there the whole time. So the women's race was going on four days in Colorado. Looks fantastic. Way cooler than the Quiznos stage race, if that thing even still happens anymore. But let's Quiznos get into... still happen? No, that, 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 that race, you know, is a long time but ago. Like, but does just like a Quiznos happen? Do Quiznos yeah. still exist? I don't know. But That's what we should be talking about, though, is uh, the ladies' tour of Norway, the four-stage race over there, won by Marianne Voss, 29 seconds over Corinne Rivera of the U.S., and 41 over Leah Kirchman. What here, though, there was a um, a stage finish that it was Marianne Voss versus Corinne Rivera. I think it was the Saturday stage race, this stage. Yeah. And Voss, just on the uphill, just put it to another gear. And we know Corinne Rivera is world-class one of the best in the world. And to see her um, get beat like that, you're like, oh my gosh, Marine uh, Voss is back. Like the, the boss is back and arguably the greatest living cyclist currently. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like <laughs> we, we remember Voss as being extremely good and having these devastating attacks. And then she you knows, took a couple years, uh, sabbatical almost and and then comes back to pretty good form but uh this year she has definitely kicked it up a notch um you know over and, and above previous boss levels which is impressive to say the least um that is not something you see often no no not at all but she <laughs> oh my god she's so good like <laughs> it's ridiculous but yeah. um yeah. Uh, oh, and then the know, other Yeah, Corinne Vera, winner of uh women's tour of Flanders, you know, like yeah. not that long ago. Like this is no slouch, and she made her look like she was standing still. Like it was brutal. One of my um favorite things to do when I get into these uh pro cycling stats pages, right? And you kinda are going through just like seeing what's out there, is um discovering all of these like these UCI races that are recorded on there that just have the craziest jersey combinations and the teams that you're like, what team is that? And then you just start getting into these rabbit holes of some of them. Now, now it's kind of also happens with the the Vuelta with the crossover of the pro continental teams. Like I'm really into the Burgos um, kit. Oh yeah. Good kit. But uh, just seeing some of the things that are out there, it's just, it's fantastic tour of uh, Lavinar. And the reason I'm bringing this up is the winner was Tobias uh, Foss of Norway and the uh, kind of like the Norwegian team kit that he's wearing that you kind of see the, uh, the photo you're just, it's just a pretty beautiful, or it's the, you know, X Norwegian development team. And yeah. it's now this guy was on the Joker squad. So we know about the Joker kid of old. 
I just kind of get into the like seeing some of these pro continental teams. So just check it out, little guy. There, there's a lot of those little little guy specials yeah. in here. No, there's good ones. So. I, I'm with you. But with all that, I think the other thing, just quickly to mention before we get into this pre lap with their sweet new announcement, is that uh, little guy, your boy Viviani, takes the uh, Hamburg Hamburg Cycle Classics in Germany. The only race that really matters in Germany anymore. I don't think they do really any other World Tour racing there. It is a yeah, uh, World know. Tour race, and he takes a win over Caleb Ewan and Nizzolo. What was he wearing? He was wearing the new kit, the new oh, Euro okay. National kit. Um, all right, so that answers that question. It was all right. It was okay. I didn't see. Well, I didn't, wasn't, wait, know, the, all this kit love for these like little third, third rate continental teams, and then you got no love for Viviani's new kit. No, not at all. No, um, kinda... Tim. I think this is a, a decent place to segue over to uh, another German sprinter. We should probably mention. Uh, who's oh yeah. News yes. This week. Yes, that is true. And of course, you're talking about the man with the hair. The man, an entire team sponsorship was built around, <laughs> uh-huh. and uh, a legendary cyclist that we've always enjoyed back to his days with Skill Shimano, Marcel Kittel, um, announcing his uh, departure from cycling and his immediate retirement. Definitely a uh, a little bit of a blow. Little guy, how do you feel about uh, Kittel not being around anymore? Hey, I get it. He's got a kid coming. He doesn't yeah. want to go out and do those big rides and suffer i understand <laughs> i don't know yeah i think i'm glad he could walk away when um it's time as opposed to just kind of trudging around and and being miserable I, that takes that takes a lot of guts to step away from he could obviously still ride for many more years and make yeah. a bunch of money but it, it takes a lot of guts to be like i'm gonna step away and just go be a dad and go back to school or something is what he said so I think it's pretty awesome. I mean, I'm happy that people get to leave on their own terms. And, yeah. you know, if he's not having fun, it's not worth it. Um, we get to see, like, now how the Americans reacted to Andrew Luck, the NFL player, uh, <laughs> announcing that he was retiring two weeks before the season and the Indianapolis Colts fans who he's given literally his body to for the last seven years started booing him. Uh, it's nice to know that cycling fans yeah. are a little bit more uh, uh, <laughs> reserved and not going to boo Kittle on his departure. I mean, it was just kind of sad well, to see no him no 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 racing. i did tim i didn't say yeah. that if i see him on the street i'm gonna boo him <laughs> i'm gonna yeah. really let him have I had it so many Come points on. on you for the roller derby you couldn't do one more year loser Come yeah on. <laughs> little guy is this because uh like you just alluded to that it was really um smart and powerful of him to be able to step away to know when to step away from the sport and when his racing was you know not bringing him joy any longer and that mm-hmm. uh that is something that maybe a, a we, the three of us as amateur cyclists, <laughs> just do not, cannot comprehend. Yeah. Um, and, and we keep, you know, paying $50 for <laughs> shoddy road races and, and whatnot going forward. Oh, totally. I mean, I every time I see him or think about him now, I'll remember all the times I signed up for Duran for no reason other than to just burn yeah. money and waste a, a day. Great idea. Let's do a road race in, in early April. And, mm. and yeah, it'll feel great. It'll feel great. So, it'll, it'll, it'll just make my life better in so many ways. <laughs> little guy, on a scale of 1 to 10, and Spencer on a scale of 1 to 10, how big of Marcel Kittle fans are you, with 10 being stalker level and 1 <laughs> being, yeah, I don't really care? Uh, I was a 2 because I don't care about sprinters, and I am say that I'm a 4 <laughs> now because I respect him as a human being. <laughs> Okay, Spencer. Very good. I uh, I always very much enjoyed Marcel Kittle back from the Skill Shimano days all the way up through uh, 
through the end here. Um, I'm not at stalker level, that's for sure, but I'm going to put him uh, at a solid uh, eight. Okay, well, take your hands off your computer, put your computer and your hands up so I can see them. Let's play a little game of how big of a fan Spencer really is. Spencer, <laughs> how many stages of the Tour de France did Marcel Kittle win? Oh, man. Uh, I don't see your hands. You're totally out. Eight. He won 14. Dang, little guy. Uh, really? How many times did Marcel Kittle win shoulder priest? Oh, seven. Every, every four. He won it five times. Ah. And he won four stages of the Juro. He didn't, ne- he never won a stage of the Vuelta. Now, little guy, here it is. And Spencer, what rate? So going kind of off that <laughs> Cipollini thing, right? Like, so he got third place at stage five of the 2019 uae tour now granted okay, he'd okay. always you know he's done quite well at the uae the dubai tours and the uae tours over the this years is, this is the last recorded result on this is the last uh, recorded result that matters okay yeah right who yeah, are the can... two riders that beat him he got third who do you think mm. he's now going to go down as like man that was the last race i could have won and he lost to him in a sprint who were they uh, gaviri uh, it's, yeah, it's going to be Gaveria and uh, maybe Viviani. Yep, Viviani and Gaveria. And uh, he did beat Sam Good Bennett. Work, so that Good was team nice. play there. Good work, guys, there. And the last win of Marcel Kittle's career was the 2019 Trofeo Palma, a 1.1 race where he beat up on little-known wanty Gobert team rider Timothy <laughs> DuPont. I know who he and is. And Hugo Hofstetler. So, those, are, those are real guys. <laughs> Happy trails, Marcel Kittle. Godspeed. Thanks for bringing us the enjoyment over I the years. I was surprised, truthfully, that you said he won a race this year because he just seemed like uh, his heart wasn't in it for a while. I thought you were going well, to sort of fair, slag him at the end and say that he won a race like his last race was three years ago or something. I'm glad. To be fair, Greipel did get fifth in this race. So, yeah. Oh, ouch, just, man. You happy trails to tar- Marcel Kittle. He's always yes. a, a friend of the pod. Hope he comes yeah. on sometime and keeps it going now the question everyone wants to know who has the best hair in the professional peloton oh, I, it's, it's tough you it's know a, because you yeah. want to default to saying bobby jungles does but i don't know if that's the case anymore because wout's, wout's bringing it wout's bringing Vanderpool's it bringing it Vanderpool. like ah, oh, there's a whole new generation what's the gens hair look like uh i don't know i don't know if i've ever seen degan without a helmet yeah, it's not looking very good. I just like or a hat yeah. or a baseball cap. Yeah, he needs to wear a hat. All right, and with that, <laughs> I think we listen. Uh, you know, Mitch Docker's got to be in the conversation. Oh, that's true. He's got he's got great hair. All it's right, just, let's get into our awesome announcement direction. on the uh, Prime Lap Spencer. This is Mitch Docker, and you're listening to Life in the Peloton, also the Slow Ride Podcast. Afterwards. All right, we'd like to thank all of the members and listeners of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head on over to WideAnglePodium.com to find out more for the whole family of shows and websites that your support directly benefits, including Roller Derby, we talked about earlier, Mitch Docker's Life in the Peloton. We also have Bike Shop CX, getting you ready for cyclocross season, and cyclocross radio, including cyclocross television on YouTube with their new power rank, heat check power rankings going into cyclocross season. 
Oh, so ready for this. And with that, it, we are happy to announce the newest way to support the Wide Angle Podium Network. And that's with our friends over at Buckler Skin Care. Probably the best embrocation and chamois cream manufacturer here in the U.S. Small batches made in Tallahassee, Florida. Gentlemen, I present to you Miracle Wap. The top tier <laughs> chamois cream for created by Buckler Skin Care. It's a proprietary yeah. blend of cal- calendula, rapeseed, rice bran, and sunflower oils, plus a large helping of cocoa butter, all to keep your low parts high. Much like the content WAP produces, our products are a labor of love, a passion product. And the best part, guys, it's got some menthol because nice. the tingle, tingle is the miracle. Yes. Oh, miracle wow. So here's what you got to do. Just go over it. to just go to bucklerskincare.com. It's 21 bucks for a tub. They send it to you. It's awesome. Trust yeah. me on this. It is really good. We used to sell Buckler Skincare products at Swift Cycle, rest in peace, and it would we couldn't keep it on the shelf. Like we constantly were making orders for it. We were shipping it out um to our friends. Jump on this train, bucklerskincare.com. You can also get some embrocation for cross season. But buy some Miracle Wap. The tingle is the miracle, and it's going to make your bike racing that much more enjoyable. Sounds good. I have to get some for the uh, future cold cross races coming my way. Yeah, it's going to yeah, be I, so good. I can't argue with that sales pitch, Tim. Um, we are also brought to you this week by Health IQ. Our friends at Health IQ provide you with life insurance. Um, they are a life insurance company that celebrates the health conscious, uh, like you, like cyclists, like all of us. Um, you can visit healthiq.com slash WAP to learn a little bit more, get a free quote, or, or you can check out their FAQ page if you want to learn a little bit more about what they're doing. But basically they are saving you money, uh, if you are riding your bike. Um, and it's as simple as that. So they support cycling. You should support them. Well, let's do it. Healthiq.com slash WAP. And I'm going to squeeze this last one in here. Guys, we're just a few weeks away of going up to Madison for the Cyclocross World Cup at the Trek headquarters, the yeah. Trek yeah. World Cup. I can't wait to see you. I got the room reserved. It's going to be yes. a party at the Holiday Inn. Yes. People want to hang out, come find uh-huh. us. We'll have a press pass. So like, you know, <laughs> I don't know if we could talk to you, but, um, you know, it would be fantastic <laughs> to see everybody. I can't uh-huh. wait. I know we've got some friends coming up from all over the country. People have checked in from Ohio, yeah. Michigan, Florida. Washington, D.C., New England, several states. I'm not even going to mention them all, but so I know many. that someone from Massachusetts and people from Rhode Island and Connecticut are coming. Yeah. Pretty stoked there. Minnesota's coming. Iowa. Pretty much every state in the country will be showing up to this. You know what my favorite part about the Trek World Cup is, guys? Bike racing? That? Well, that's cool, too, is the equal payout. I'm yeah. really stoked on that. Continuing to set the bar high. It deserves a yeah. lot of credit, especially when there's other World Cups on the calendar still not doing it yet, and Trek finds a way to get it done, and it's fantastic. Yeah, you sure. can race with the pros. There's a lakeside, lakeside uh, cross race on that Friday into the cross race World Cup on the Sunday. Can't wait for it. Looking forward to it. See everybody out there. Let's get back to the show. This is Ryan. <laughs> this is Ryan. <laughs> This is Ryan Woodall, Florida's first cyclocross national champion. You're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Pretty great, despite all the roadie talk. Five stars from Ecology. 
I don't think my local roadies are listening till the end when Spencer tells us to wave at our fellow cyclists. That's oh, it, man. What That's a great the whole review. review. I think it was, was a good fun? review. I think it was it was short, concise. We'd love to get reviews on the pod. Thank you. We're continuing to crush it. Two hundred and seventy-one yeah. rankings, guys, and I all but six are uh, four or five stars. Well, that's how you know they're legit, yeah. you know? Because mm-hmm. if yeah. they were all five stars, I wouldn't believe it either. No, I wouldn't blame anyone else for not believing there, it. There's just enough trash ones in there that you're like, all right, <laughs> these guys may actually be somebody. It's uh, <laughs> it's pretty great to see. I, I'm absolutely crushed by everybody that leaves uh, reviews. It's fantastic. Thanks, everyone, for uh, helping us out. We've got three more emails I'd like to go to. The first one uh, comes to us from Grant McLean, all the way out of Vancouver, British Columbia. No, Steve Bauer never won a grand tour. <laughs> Thanks. This is our Canadian listener, just just or Western Canadian listener. But just saying, the twenty t- the twenty twelve Giro, the greatest grand tour ever, and he made sure to include a really really blown up picture of Ryder Heshtal lifting the trophy. And guys, for a second there, I totally forgot about two things here: one, Ryder Heshtal, really, right, and two. Barracuda, the uh the, the secondary sponsor that Garmin had there for a season. <laughs> a year. Yeah. I but yeah, little guy, I've kind of forgot a little bit about Heshtal. I think it was just because he he wasn't like, you know, he's he was Canadian about it. Right? <laughs> like I mean, like that's not a knock. It was just kind of like, eh, yeah, yeah, you know, just kind of a silent assassin, just kind of did it. You know, the motor was in the bike, everything was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like he was definitely, you know, if they asked him how excited he was, you know, about his Result, they he'd be the kind of guy who would be like, well, you know, it's, I feel good. I mean, somebody has to win. He'd probably yeah. apologize yeah. for it, right? Yeah, like, well, like sure oh, he well, yeah, it was great. I mean, sorry that no one else could win. Yeah, and uh, I I do always feel bad for him with like the basic physics thing of his wheel and the way that it was moving, and people were like, it's a motor, and you're like, yeah, eh, no, that's not how a motor is gonna work. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I forgot about that guy. I I remember Keith. My business partner at Swift, Canadian, was really into going to Interbike that year because there was a lot of Ryder Heshtal cardboard cutouts around. Like, like, so he was very like, oh, yeah, this is the, the Ryder. Yeah, Ryder Heshtal. Oh, what a great guy. All right. Got some more um, emails. The next one comes to us from uh, Sam A. Greetings. Given the slow rides, somewhat patchy record with, with respect to pronunciation, it took me some time to decipher your regular and repeated references to what I always heard as Shawamigan. As a long yep. reader to, of the U.S. mountain bike press, I probably came across mention of Shawamigan before the internet even existed. I suspect I even read race reports in Bike Magazine or even Mountain Bike Action, and it sounded like a cool race. Big long point to point it, if I recall correctly. You know, point to point, Ross. Sorry. Uh, seeing this is the only in printed form, I naturally drew my own conclusions as to the pronunciation. <laughs> suddenly, on the U.S. assented Czech Amagon, because it's right. It's dispelled Schwamigan. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. After all, you Americans are not exactly renowned for adhering to the authentic reproduction of the original enunciation of places or names. See Gloucester, Orleans, or Illinois. Anyway, my point is not to denigrate. De- <laughs> denigrate <laughs> your or your countrymen's phonic skills, but to extend my understanding and sympathy. Every time someone derides you for mangling Ventu or Coxida, just refer them to the conundrum of Schwamigan, your faithful second UK listener. 
Sam. Uh, I feel like there's that was very difficult for me to read because there's a lot of hard words for me to read in there. But yeah. I do got to admit, Schwamigan may be our answer to, you know, when people can't pronounce Coxida. That's true. And that I is can... one that we've nailed every single time on this show. So I'm proud of that. Yeah. You know, so. and the other big takeaway from this is that we've doubled the size of our UK audience. I'm very impressed. Like we, we might be in the top five of podcasts now in the UK after having two listeners. This is this is fantastic. This comes to us from our friend Murray in Wellington, New Zealand. Having crossed the finish line one or more laps early with both hands held aloft in an apparent premature celebration of victory, please proceed as follows. One, keeping both hands aloft as continuously as possible, slow and stop to the on the right while calling for a double wheel change by voice <laughs> and radio if available. Two. Very good. That's very good. Oh. Two. Keep both hands aloft while stopped until team or neutral support Carmoto arrives. Loudly demand a double wheel change before aggressively <laughs> chasing the now the by now disappearing uh, leader on the course, shamelessly motor pacing, sticky bottling, or hand slinging the service vehicle. Yes. If and when questioned by doubting media, <laughs> confidently as- assert you were full aware there was a lap to go, planned to solo to victory, but sustained a double puncture at the bell, and thus sing- signaled with left and right hand for freer- front and rear whale change. Yes. Obviously. Cheers, yes. Murray. I think this is the winner, guys. That's very good. Yes. Yeah. This does remind me a little bit racing crits i had heard stories that people would race crits with their um, presto valve unscrewed so that like if they ever needed to take the free lap they could just stop their bike and then just quickly deflate their tire without having to unscrew the little valve yeah this may be the time to do it right like you check like oh i have a double puncture and then you get off right away and then you're it's actually brilliant because you stop right by the finish line where the announcer's like one to go one to go one to go and you're like and you let out all the air yeah, they can't th- hear it. Then you get towed back up to the front and you win. And you're like, yeah, I had a double flat. Is this like a South Florida thing you learned or is, was this a GP thing or something? I don't know. I thought it was a Minnesota thing. I thought it was something that everyone does. Listeners, have you ever started a race with your press the valve totally unsecured so that you could create your own flat tire? I think the true crit professionals out there like with the new stuff every year, like team fully supported, whatever from that level down to amateurs. If you consider yourself a crit pro, no matter how new your shoes are, you've scuffed them right before that race started. You've, you've just like run them over the edge of the curb, just a little bit on that concrete to just scuff it up a little, uh, so that, you know, when the situation prevents presents itself and a, and a crash has prevented you from, uh, maintaining the Peloton, let's say, that you can head over to that official at the free lap tent and say, look at my shoe. It's scuffed up. I fell down. I got to I gotta admit, guys, the one thing I want to go, this is such a great idea from Murray, but I do want to call out that Murray lives in New Zealand, and I've always just kind of assumed everyone that lived in New Zealand was named Murray. Kind of like how know. most people in America probably just, or most people in the world just think everyone named in the US is like Steve or Peter. It's a very uh, New Zealand name, and I appreciate uh, Murray for... Uh, <laughs> emailing into us. So I also want to uh, give a quick shout out to friend of the pod, Kevin Bouchard Hall, who this week was up in the Vermont Overland Classic. And he sent out a tweet earlier today that said, just did a race. 
where I said, wait, are you the super strong guy from Florida that the slow ride pod is always talking about? And the answer was yes. <laughs> so Kevin Bouchard Hall met friend of the pod, Ryan Woodall, who took P3 at the uh, Overland nice. Classic there in Vermont and uh, did us justice and two fast members of the uh, slow ride community meeting together is pretty awesome to see. So I was, I was really stoked to see uh, to see that. That's very good. Cool. Two, two strong now, prongs of the slow ride trident, you might say. Now, Spencer, we, we, we're we here to give you a little bit of advice because you are going to the mountain bike world championships in Mount St. Anne next week. Yes. And little guy and I are not going to shy away from giving you advice because we have some never ending slow ride podcast campaigns. The first one that is ongoing right now is is my personal quest, uh, and you guys are also jumping on board, is to get invited into as many team cars as possible. So, so we have now been invited into two professional team cars. We've we've gotten the uh, the Trek Segafredo uh, invite to the team car. I'm pretty excited about that. That's I I don't know if they're going to give us like the team car and like the big world tour race, but like maybe they could find us a spot at I, I don't know like like Hamburg cycle classics, like, like, you know, one of those races are like, well, we have to show up anyway. And none of our sponsors want to be in the car. So, uh, yeah, little guy, you can, you can jump in the car for this lap. Like that'd be kind of cool. We did get, um, much, much more exciting though. This one. Yeah. So out of nowhere, we got an invite little guy to the St. Michelle Auburn 93 car. Um, I'm really kind of stoked on this one. And this is one of the, one of the best, kits in professional cycling i believe they're just a continental team i don't think they're a pro conti team um but they oh man like that's our ride for trobo leone i think we could probably do that now they of course got back to us they slid into the dms because we've been really trying to reach out on my goal here to get invited into the kaha rule hall rule car right like the most beautiful kit in the Vuelta right now is that Kaha rule kit. The green looks great. Yeah. And they have not responded. I'm starting to get a little nervous. I don't want to be in the car for a time trial either. I want to be in there for like a legit stage. And they clearly have better driving skills than some of the other pro Conti teams that are crashing into buildings. Yes. That is true. I think that we could do a lot to raise their profile. So the, the reason I'm bringing this up for you, Spencer, is that, my original goal with the slow ride podcast, when I brought up that we should do this uh, podcast for, for basically the three of us was to create this idea that we're some kind of professional cycling journalist. So we could get a press pass for any bike race that we wanted to go to, right? which yeah. culminated in the world championship press pass. Somehow we convinced the UCI to get us a press pass. I don't know how, but yeah. it happened. Yeah. Now you're going to Mount St. Anne. The question I asked you, yep. Spencer do you have a press pass secured for when you're on the ground in Mount St. Anne? You know, I, I do not. Have okay. A press pass the podcast secured. is now and over. We are no, no longer recording. Well, this is the first <laughs> time, uh, since the beginning of this podcast that a world championships on North American soil has not given us a press pass. Uh, wait, did you, you apply? Know, so I, I think, uh, that this is, um, you know, this is a pretty good track record. We've had a good run. Well, we're batting 500. I mean, that's Hall of Fame numbers right there. Yeah, I would think so. First ballot, Cycling Podcast Hall of Fame. So, so I, but you, Spencer, I think we got to get your press pass because I want you to ask Matthew Vanderpool when he's on the start line, how awesome is it going to be? Wait, what? 
not gonna be on the star line. Oh man. Okay. Well, I wouldn't go to the world championships either He's anymore. Sitting in I mean. an altitude tent in Belgium. Yeah, that's a, yeah. I read that. So, Spencer, what are you hoping to see up in Mount Saint Anna? Have you been to that race course before? I've never been to the course before, so I'm I'm pretty excited to check it out. Uh, it's going to be a spectacle, obviously. Uh, I've I've seen the race before on on the Red Bull coverage, obviously as well. So I kind of know some of the things I want to go see, but. I'm most excited to see the stuff uh, that is not as visible on the television. So I I look forward to seeing your reporting on the ground with your press pass, mostly because I want you to take the press pass during like a track walk of some kind and get up to the top of those overpass things that they have on the course. They have those like giant ramps that are flyovers, but they look way steeper than a cyclocross flyover. Like the, they seem actually difficult to for some of the riders to ride up. Um, when it goes over the course and also are you going to be there for the downhill um side of things as well absolutely Uh, i am i am i am partaking in all of it downhill especially uh, do you got Uh, a chainsaw like just the motor no i don't i don't even have a rim like uh that i can bang with a pipe or whatever they do i don't know well don't yeah or a a frame like an old downhill frame weighs like 50 pounds you gotta like hold it up yeah, I'm gonna let uh, I'm gonna let the real hardcore uh, mountain bike fans do that kind of stuff, and I'm just gonna sort of take in the sights and sounds, and uh, and smells certainly of the uh, of the event. I'd be really interested in how many people show up to this uh, in Mount Saint Am. Is it gonna be a bigger crowd because of the World Championships? I know a friend of the pod, Bill Shiken, has been up there many times for when he was doing his mountain bike coverage um, for the various teams, Trek and others, and he's always said that the crowd has been pretty good. Um, I'm, I'd be curious if it's really going to increase. And then the week after immediately after is, uh, um, snowshoe, correct? Yeah. Yeah. In West Virginia, kind of, it's, it's kind of weird. Got kind of shoehorn in there a little bit. Cause it's, it's been around on the world cup calendar before. And then it's like, ah, oh, we're already going to Mount St. Anne for the world championships. We might as well just do one more race. I'm curious as to why they wouldn't do snowshoe first and then Mount St. Anne. Well, it's obviously a test for kit manufacturers to see who can, you know, who can, uh, you know, if they're up to world championship standards and they can actually get a new kit produced in oh, time. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, it's it's yeah. a quick turnaround. There's that guy that does the downhill racing in the full denim jeans. I would love for him to win the men's uh, championship. And uh, just to see, like, I don't know, like, I don't even know who is Gene Manu, like, Gerbo. Like, I don't know who it is. Like, are they going to make, like, a special, like, pant leg for him? I hope it's um, that would be amazing. I hope he's got really deep pockets. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited to go up there. You know, like I've I've had the uh, privilege of seeing Kate Courtney race her mountain bike, you know, in the past, but I've not seen some of these superstars, Pauline uh, Fervan Perot and Yolanda Neff and Nino Scherter. I guess I've seen Nino Scherter race before, um, but. <laughs> You know, on the road. this is another level. This is a whole new kind of uh, deal and it's going to be amazing. And uh, if you're going to be out there, uh, keep an eye out for me. Um, say hi. You're yeah. going to have the uh, slow ride podcast flag. So make sure that you uh, yeah, wave it proudly I'll be waving the flag and I'll be looking a little bit lost and confused. So, yeah, this is a uh, pretty awesome. And uh, Spencer, I am totally jealous that you get to go up there. I I do need some uh some recording maybe some stories on the Slow Ride Podcast Instagram channel over at the Slow Ride Pod. Mostly, are you going to take the chairlift up? Like, well, like how far of a drive is it from Montreal? Like, or from Boston for you? 
In Boston, I think it's six hours. Okay. So it's quite a ways north of Montreal? Yeah, a little ways, okay. yeah. Well, Spencer, totally jealous. It's, who do it's you, outside of Quebec City. Who do you think is going to win the, uh, the, the men's race, uh, Nino? Well, without Vanderpool, you know, it's it's pretty open. It's Avacini might have a chance, eh? Yeah, he's been riding really well. Nino's hard to bet against, though. I would I yeah. would have to say. And then you've also got on the women's side, it's probably going to be super competitive as well with both PFP Yolanda Neff, Kate Courtney defending the stripes. Um, be pretty yeah. awesome to see. Yeah, wide open field there has been. Uh, I mean, Kate Courtney was dominating early, but like it's been kind of all over the place lately. Uh, a lot of people doing really well. I my money, PFP. I and, think she's got it this year. And then on the, you do okay. And then on the downhill she's side, feel uh, like a like a home race because they all yelling French things at her during the race. So, <laughs> and on the downhill side, you've got Lewitt uh, Bruni. I'm assuming is probably going to take the title for the men's, and then uh, hey Barnes for the uh, women's race. Do you think? Um, you know, obviously a little, uh, I've been watching the videos of, uh, Rachel Atherton's recovery from her Achilles surgery and then, yeah. um, Tawny's not going to be there either. So, uh, you know, it's still going to be a pretty close race, I think between uh, the women's side. Yeah. The women's race wide open. That one's going to be exciting. Uh, no way to pick a winner on that. Um, men's race. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe Lucas Shaw pulls something special oh, nice. on the, uh, North American soil. That'd be pretty cool. Well, Spencer, totally jealous. Make sure you uh, do your best to yeah. get that press pass um, as we go. And I think at at this point, guys, we do need to get into a little bit of a sad moment for us um, in our cycling fandom and also career. Many years ago when we first met, I think the time that we first really started to bond was when we would pile into my Saturn wagon, maybe. Maybe it was Spencer's. Maybe it was Spencer's Kia, and we would have the trunk rack that fell off on the side of Interstate oh, 94. Um, it's terrible. This whole story in detail, uh, if you're a, a supporter of the network, is in the bonus content. Yeah. So is it? Fine. Oh, man. And it's, it's so good. Make, we, it makes my heart start fluttering. Just, just We would pile uh, into the, the Kia, and we went up to the velodrome in Blaine, Minnesota, one of only approximately 15 in the U.S., a beautiful 250-meter Velodrome with 43 degree banking made of Alphazelia wood straight out of the central, uh, straight out of the Congo in central Africa. Um, it is gone after next Thursday, the final racing night in Blaine, they will be tearing it down. It was built in 1993 as, or sorry, 91 as the Olympic qualifiers for the 92 Olympics in Barcelona. Yeah. It outlived it's, its it's, life it's, by many years, led by the legendary Bob Williams, who did so much for our own racing fandom. And indeed, guys, yeah. it's going to be, uh, it's finally going to tear down. It's finally yeah. gone. And it's very sad. For, uh, for our European listeners, it's a, a replica of the track in Barcelona that they used in 92. Yeah. And this is where we learned how to do our racing. This is where we did Madison's together. This is where I destroyed you all in the state Kieran championship in category threes. Uh, this is where I boxed Spencer in on the points race or maybe it was, and then little guy would do his magic in the missing out where he'd always just Mm -hmm. try to clip people at the end. Some of my favorite memories. And I'm going to offer this one as my favorite memory. And that was, they used to do this thing where hundreds of people, there'd be about 200 people a night in the crowd and the crowd would get to three times a night for, for a race, get to pick the rider that they thought was going to win. And they would pick the rider they thought they were going to win. And then if that rider won, their name was put into a hat and they would draw it out. 
And, you know, so everyone was there and you'd get like a gift certificate to Cold Stone Creamery. You get a gift certificate to Buca de Beppo, some great restaurant. Chipotle was always the one everyone wanted. Yep. And I will never forget the moment (laughs) when little guy won a race. It's fantastic. His whole family was up in the crowd. My Sarah was up there. Spencer, Spencer's friends were up there. We're all hanging out in the middle of the infield. Fantastic. Little guy wins and it was the Chipotle race of the night. Yeah. And no one had picked little guy to win the race. <laughs> well, they not even wrong his wife doing that. Not even his wife to be. Not my mom. Not even, not even his mom. And nope. at that moment, I was like, man, little guy, always the underdog. And you won. <laughs> yeah, one of one of very few times in my career. But yeah. the good news, I think you got the guest certificate because no one I picked did. you, right? I did. So like, that was, that, well done. Chipotle's never tasted so good. It was the the, the Chipotle <laughs> of spite. It was so awesome. And uh, yeah, you got the chips. Little guy, you're always a good sport about that. One of my favorite stories. And little guy, the first time I ever talked to you was at the Velodrome. I had just gotten done playing Ultimate Frisbee. <laughs> and uh, it was a Thursday night. Just got done throwing the disc. Yep, a couple do. of sweet forehand flicks to victories, and I was like, "Ah, oh, I got to go check out the bike racing over at the velodrome." And I go up in the crowd, and you were there with uh, your much better half, and we just started talking about bike racing. And you're like, "I'm a new messenger," and I'm like, "I'm gonna be a messenger someday." And you're like, "No, you're not." Like, well, too <laughs> it's an exclusive club. We're not letting you in. And then, before you knew it, within a year, we were racing at the velodrome, and it was fantastic. Yeah. So. A lot of memories go out there. A lot and, uh, of memories. Sad there. to see it go away. Yeah, I have yeah, barely sure. been up in the last five or six years, but I have to say, when I heard that this would be the last week, it made me really sad. It's crazy because I don't even, I don't even go. But I'm gonna try to go this week. I'm gonna dust off the track like one last time and get my ass handed to me. It's the, gonna be worth it. We did a great uh, photo shoot for Mozzie Bicycles up there. The our team. Right, like we were yep. featured in the yep. catalog. It was awesome in a video. Yep, this was you can a, find that online. Two thousand nine, yeah, Aussie catalog. If you can find it, <laughs> it was a uh, oh man, what some great stuff, little guy and Spencer up at the Velodrome. Um, some of my greatest memories uh, for sure. So, yeah, absolutely love it. And with that, I think guys, we're done for the pod this week, and uh, we're just gonna um, leave it there. I'd like to thank all of the members and supporters of the Soul Ride Podcast Network. I'd like to thank Health IQ for their continued support. Head over to healthiq.com slash WAP to find out how to save on your life insurance. We'd like to thank the brand new partner, Buckler Skincare. Head to bucklerskincare.com for your very own supply of Miracle Wap chamois cream. The miracle is, or the tingle is the miracle. So fantastic. And uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, both at the Slow Ride Pod. And with that, I'm Tim in Orlando, Florida. I'm Matt, sad about a velodrome in Minnesota. And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.
Guys, I'm starting to think that Kaha Rual is, is never going to let us get in the team car. <laughs> <laughs>